Labor Day weekend has finally arrived. With mysterious optimism running rampant on college campuses all over America, and the University of Pittsburgh is no different. But sometimes, against a lackluster opponent, that optimism turns into more questions than answers. Will that be the case for the 2021 Pitt Panthers? We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We were knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of September 4th, 2021, and this is the Hell to Pit podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. The Rib Fest is back. The fans are back. Real college football's back. Hell, Kenny Pickett's back. And Pitt takes on UMass at Heinz Field this weekend. Somebody call my mama, Vince. I'm so happy. It's real college football. Like you said, last year feels like it didn't even happen. I think because it wasn't a real college football season. This is going to be what we're more accustomed to and it feels so good to be back. Yep, it, it 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 really does. It's Labor Day weekend, tons of games, weather permitting, all over the country. This is really what it's all about. Yeah, it's great. Weather permitting, people needing to make their travel plans, way more humans involved in in the college football experience this week. I'm excited, and of course, Pitt's a part of it, kind of. They're playing UMass and this should be a shellacking. It's a 38-point uh, spread last I checked. I don't know if it went up or down, uh, but we'll get to it in a little bit. And, I mean, this is this is uh, what it's all about. Even though it's not, you know, a real opponent, I will go as far to say that. I, I'm going to disrespect the opponent a lot this week because I listened to their students' uh, official football podcast saying a lot of terrible things about Pitt. So I'm going full homer this week in the Mark Whipple Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they were trying hard, so don't don't go too hard on them. I'm not, yeah, not going to hold it against students trying to make it in the radio biz. All right, let's get this thing started. At H2P shows where you can follow us on Twitter if you'd like to interact with us there. The DMs are open. Email us, hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate all the emails and, of course, feedback we get on Panther there where we are also active. And, of course, this week we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could get your own podcast started today and have your own producer at an affordable rate. Just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. And we do we accept donations, Vince, on the show? <laughs> can they can they donate to us if we want? If you want to help out the show, you're welcome to DM us. Uh, if you are Chris Bickle, you're more than welcome to DM us and donate <laughs> to the show. Yeah, yeah, that is a uh, quite the lead in there, Alan. Uh, we're going to start off the show talking about Chris Bickle, uh, a an alumni, uh, 1997 vintage, uh, donating $20 million to the football program. Uh, that That's good law. That's a lot of money. <laughs> is what, what what did Aaron Donald give to the program? Didn't he just uh, give was, a big chunk? I don't know, Wasn't like I don't, six million. I don't want to get off the top of something my head. in that neighborhood. I don't know if they have ever officially said. And he got uh, a building um, named after him. Yeah, but that's nothing compared uh, to what Mr. Bickle got. A person, 
They are naming a human <laughs> being after a job title after him. <laughs> the, my favorite part is it's not even the Chris Bickle head coach. It's the Chris Bickle '97 head coach. Doesn't it sound which, like a like a bottle of whiskey or something? <laughs> like '97 like <laughs> Yes, '97. It sounds like a, a bottle. Or it sounds like a wrestling move. You got the Tiger Driver 97, Tiger Driver 98, Chris Bickle 97. It's very effective and hopefully in uh, securing our next head coach whenever that is. Hopefully not for a long, long time <laughs> yeah. because, of course, we're pulling for Pat Narduzzi to be the greatest Chris Bickle 97 head coach of all time. Yeah, as of right now, you got to say that he is undefeated as a Chris Bickle 97 head coach. Of all the Chris uh, Bickle 97 head coaches, he's the one that's never lost. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, twenty million dollars—that—that's a—that's a lot uh, for for the pit program, and hopefully they're going to be able to put that to good use and uh, you know, whatever they need to do in, in order to win is that that they're going to use that money for. I love it. Is this is this is in um so this is like a new thing, right? Naming the head coaching position at universities. Well, well you know, I, some people had, had been commenting about that. I saw. Um, I had never heard of it, but apparently there's there's quite a few universities around the country uh, that that have those kind of distinctions, but not a Chris Bickle '97. We're the only no, ones don't. that got that. Were the terms of the donation that you have to name the head coaching position after me? I'm sure that they discussed that, and maybe that's something he requested. I don't know. Maybe he came up with the name, for all we know. Can the money only be used to pay a head coach? I don't know. Maybe maybe Are we going to get a $20 million head coach? Is something happening? Well, you know, Jimbo Fisher. from Alabama? We could, could, for one season, we could have Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban for for $20 million. How about that? I'd much rather have a $20 million offensive coordinator. Which uh, brings us to our our next part real quick, Vince. Real quick before we get into uh, the week ahead or the game ahead, UMass, all the presser and the lineups and all that, I want to introduce a new segment to the show I'm calling What I Learned on the Kenny Pickett Show. Okay. And I don't know know what uh, sounds we'll put there from the Kenny Pickett Show. They don't really have a whole lot of production value on the Kenny Pickett show, but who needs it when you got the BMOC just talking, but here's what I learned from our quarterback this year or this week. I learned from Kenny Pickett that Mark Whipple has no extra juice for this game whatsoever. Could really doesn't even care. They're playing UMass at all. Yeah. And, and coach Whipple kind of said, so, uh, you know, he, he, they, uh, saw an interview with him earlier this week and he, he loves the, the, the town that, you know, UMass is in, and he likes the Amher- area. Is it in Amherst? Uh, I'm Where not the hell looking. is that school? I, did, I didn't look it up. Uh, he's, he's got children. <laughs> he's got children that graduated from there. Uh, so, you know, he, he's got all the respect in the world for them. So so I'd say whatever Kenny Pickett said was accurate. I, I'm surprised Whipple didn't say, I don't know anybody. They had 17 transfer <laughs> students there. They're all new faces. I don't know anyone there. Screw them. But no, he doesn't care. Oh, the other thing I learned was that before every game, every game, Kenny Pickett eats meat sauce and pasta. Before the even game. More, even noon kickoffs. Like that morning he eats that. Yeah. Yes. Now, I've heard of, you know, carbon up, but uh, meat sauce. Before a game, an early game. Do you think that's why this game's at four? 
Wasn't it originally noon? I could have swore my calendar said This noon. game has always been at 4 o'clock. Always been 4 o'clock? Does that mean the crowd will be better or worse? Not better. Should be good. Should be mm-hmm. good even though half of them will uh, probably be gone by halftime. Hopefully. Hopefully. If the score is uh, going to happen as predicted by the market and also someone on Panther Lair, we're going to get to it a little bit. But <laughs> what do you say we talk UMass, what are they, the Minutemen? Yep. Yep. Let's let's talk about this so-called football team Pitt has to play this week before they actually have a game against Tennessee. Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh um you know, this team uh well, I guess Alan, before we get to that, do you want to talk about some of these these press conference notes from uh from from coach uh Yeah, going yeah, into the yeah, game, he's yeah. gi- given us a sneak peek or uh no sneak peek or no idea what's going to happen or a, a lot of fluff, or you see what I'm doing there? Yeah, I don't I do. believe a word he says before week one. Well, but to be care. fair, he, he doesn't even make these depth charts, uh, no, he as, as he's claimed. Uh, but I, I do want to talk about uh, a few things here. Uh, this first is of all, this, I believe, and I can't wait to see the, that first note here I see. Okay, all right. Well, we'll talk about that one first. Uh, uh, Jalen Barden, wide receiver, uh, sophomore, he's going to be returning the kicks or at least he's going to get the first crack at it. Uh, him and MJ Devonshire were the two uh, people mentioned, Alan. And, and this is not good for uh, Jordan Addison's Heisman hopes. Yeah, see, I'm bummed about that, but then super pumped that uh, we got a young guy returning kicks because that, that shows that there's confidence in some of the underclassmen yeah. to be put in an important spot like that. So that that gives you a good feeling going into it. That's why I'm excited to see Jalen Barden out there. Yeah, and, and what I, I really hope is I hope he's returning both the, the kickoffs and the punts, and I think that'll say a lot because, you know, it's not like they just put some guy that's like a sure-handed person back there, you know, just to catch the ball and not do anything. Uh, you know, Jalen Barden, one of the most explosive uh, guys on the team, I bet – uh, I mean, I don't have any data to back this up, but I think if you're talking top end speed, he's probably uh, definitely will probably maybe a top five guy on the team. I'm very excited to see this. That's what I'm talking about. To- just speed to spare and maybe put some of it on display against a team like UMass that you should be able to, if you have that kind of top end speed, you know, four, three, four, two, uh, a team like UMass, you should be go out there and be able to, you know, make some highlights. If you yeah. want, um, I don't know who's going to make the highlights at running back, though, because Abanaconda was not named the starter as we kind of expected. I mean, we still expect him to start this too deep that comes out means nothing. But for what it's worth, he wasn't anointed to the public. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, he had been you know talked about as the top guy almost all camp, even even by the coaches. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's not just two guys up there. It's got three. Both Davises are are listed as co-starters. Uh, you know, coach said AJ Davis is has been doing the best in pass protection. I don't oh, know if that I don't good. know if that warrants me being a starter. Uh, you know, Vincent Davis, you know, played pretty good towards the end of last year. We talked about that on last week's show. Uh, but you know, in a game like this. I suppose that you know there should be plenty of opportunity for all these guys to get into the game, but but I I I'll speak for both of us. I think we're both hoping that that Abanaconda is the guy 
going absolutely, forward. absolutely. Although, although I, I mean, I thought I was excited to see Vincent Davis's uh, follow up to the Georgia Tech game, but then I was listening to the UMass student football podcast, and they said, "Oh, he's easy to stop, and UMass should be able to handle him, no problem." So we really need Bonaconda in there the whole game. No, um, I'm sure he'll earn that spot after the first couple weeks. Too deep doesn't mean anything, and plus Pitt's going to rotate guys in a whole bunch. Not as much as they'll be rotating on defense, I would hope, at running back, but uh, we'll we'll see. It's always a just earn the reps throughout the season thing at that position. Pretty much ever since Shady McCoy, it feels to me it feels like you, you have to early in the season go out there and prove you're the guy, and then some guys do, and then sometimes the whole season ends up being a, a carousel. Or, or the hot hand. So we'll see how it goes this season. Hopefully, it's just the guy, Abanaconda, killing it and being one of the best in the ACC. Um, what about the other part from the other end of the 2D spectrum? Someone named a starter that we weren't expecting, maybe. Yeah, ha- Habakkuk Baldonado. Uh, was named the starter at defensive end. Alan, I know we were, I know we have high hopes for this young man and uh, the whole D-line in general, but uh, did not expect to see him being named the starter over John Morgan. I did not, I did not see that coming, although yeah, I think we both expect all those guys to be playing quite a bit. But I think it speaks maybe to the, you know, uh, that he may be something really special if he's able to separate himself from everybody. That that could be it, or it could be maybe he's just a great matchup against those massive UMass tackles. Now him him it could be <laughs> now him being from Italy. Do you think that he's the one that's making the pasta and meat sauce for Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett? And then you know Kenny Kenny really likes it, and he so he said, Coach, could you know put Hava in the starting line? I see. I don't know about that because Kenny said he's been eating it for a long time, but he's maybe, never had anything like this. I'm sure. But maybe when Haba showed up, it it went to the next level. I don't I don't know how how all I know is that for Sahaba, let's go. Uh, we're we're pulling for him, even though unexpected. You were talking up John Morgan last week. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe it says something to how he performed in camp. I don't know. I'm not looking into it. All I know is that. We, we talked about this last week going into this game. Pitt has three, four, maybe five guys that can play defensive end or on the edge and get after the quarterback. And uh, this this uh, UMass team should be in for it no matter who's playing and starting yeah. uh, against Pitt this weekend, especially when we talk about the defensive line. Yep. Uh, uh, this one here, uh, last, uh, I guess, uh, personnel note, Servostier Dennis and Wendell Davis, both listed as co-starters at middle linebacker. Now, Alan, you know, we had been talking up Servostier Dennis as being, you know, you know, probably the best linebacker on this team and maybe the best middle linebacker, you know, we've had in quite a while. Now he's listed as a co-starter. You know, we both expect, yeah, these, these guys to be rotating quite a bit, but you know, what, what do you make of this? Uh, nothing, because it's the too deep. It means nothing. Um, but the fact is that we knew this too last week, talking about the linebackers, multiple guys that are capable of rotating in and out, and who knows who's going to be named the starter from week to week. Servassier, obviously, last last year with his performance, made you led, lead you as a fan to believe, okay, this guy's going to be someone Pitt's going to really just keep out there and be a leader on defense. He's so productive. But – 
um, you know, you have other players on this team who are capable of doing the same thing. So it's still a competition. And, you know, I'm sure they don't not going to say this publicly. The UMass game is being looked at as a preseason game, probably going into the Tennessee game. So I know a lot of uh, especially I mean, I know people Pitt fans will tell me, do you not remember Youngstown State? I've been to games, <laughs> there are matchups like this before, but this is this is different because you're talking about this defense. You're talking about Pitt getting Wendell Davis back, learning what they had in Servassier last year. I mean, they're stacked for at linebacker. Let's face it, and the ACC, I'd say they're definitely to me top top three. Um, but the, then you, of course, have the defensive line, which is. You know, it's probably going to take a step back production-wise, but still probably going to be very stout. So this is just all about reps. And let's see who gets the most toying with this Tyler Lytle transfer quarterback from UMass this week. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into that. Um, uh, so UMass, you know, this is a team that did not win a game last year. Uh, a, an independent team uh, that's you know, just, just not very good. Top to bottom. Now, now, Coach uh, Narduzzi would have you think a little bit differently the way he talked in his press conference, you know, talking about how there are all these transfers uh, that that they brought in, as you said, Alan Lytle, quarterback from the University of Colorado. Uh, they're running back transferring in from Rutgers. You know, they have about twelve transfers from from some reputable programs uh, on this on this team. Uh, do you buy that as anything, you know, of substance? Is this team going to be that much better than what they've shown the past couple years? No, no, it, it, not against a team like Pitt. Hell no, they shouldn't, especially offensively. They shouldn't be able to. I mean, I'm going to be disappointed if this team gets more than five first downs against against the Pitt defense. Offensively for Pitt against this UMass defense, undersized, slow. Full of transfers. I mean, a, a team that's probably just coming together. A lot of guys learning a new system. I'm. This is gonna. This should be a thirty-eight point spread the way it is, and it is for a reason. So uh, I, I've really. There's nothing on paper. I don't care that uh, you know some of these guys are coming from places like Virginia Tech, Pac-12, like Colorado. Um, no, no, this is gonna be. This is a preseason game to me. It's gonna be a blowout. Vince. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly. But I'll tell you right now, I'm taking the over. <laughs> All right. I, I did not look up what the total is. Uh, I guess we'll have to do that at some point. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you. Like, this is not enough. Um, you, you know, these transfers that they co- have coming in, I mean, it, it is just not enough to really inject enough life into this team. I mean, if you look at their records, at U uh, at UMass's records the past uh, you know ten years you know they the most games they've won in a season is four uh, you know they have not done very well at all so all these transfers they got coming in I don't think it's going to make a hill of beans at the end of the day yeah this is uh this is going to be hopefully one of the easier week one games for Pitt in recent memory last year was a lot of fun. Uh, right, so the, the, hopefully it's similar this year, and they're feeling good going into Tennessee. I, I hope so. Uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about this game plan that they're going to be implementing. You know, coach said that they're going to that they're not going to be vanilla, 
and 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 they're not going to be just very generic and not show anything. Uh, I hope that he's he's right. I hope he's right. What I would love to see is to just go out there and play your scheme and do what you're going to do in a real game and, and do it until the game is out of reach. And, and when I say that, you know, I would play, you know, the regular people that you're going to play. Like if you, if there's a player that, you know, you don't have, uh, you don't think you're going to be comfortable enough with to play in the game next week, then I don't think that guy should be seeing the field until this game is out of reach. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Play this thing like it's a real game. Till you're way ahead, till you hit that 38 point cover, and then, <laughs> and then you, and then you get the you get the reps in for some guys who probably aren't going to be asked to do anything against Tennessee. But on defense, that's going to be different because I feel like there's so many guys who are going to play against Tennessee. Well, well, then that may be the case. You know, I mean, he's you know he's talking about you know we're gonna we're gonna be able to rotate six guys at linebacker, or, you know, ten guys on the defensive line. That's fine. You know, go ahead and do that. Um, but I don't, I don't want to see, you know, the, the sixth or seventh, you know, cornerback getting reps, you know, early in the game. I don't, I don't think that does anybody any good. And, and, you know, this, you know, specifically with play calling on offense, they need to go ahead and run whatever system there it is that they're going to run, uh, that's going to, you know, give them you know, the best chance to win because they need to practice it, whatever the hell it is. They, they, they need all the practice in the world. Uh, I don't, at least I will say this right now, I don't think that they're hiding some, you know, Matt Canada-esque scheme that nobody's seen before that they're going to be unveiling n- next week. Uh, <laughs> you know, barring anything like that, they need to just go out there and, and run their stuff and, and, and just go out there and beat them real good. They don't need to be worry about putting things on film or anything like that. If you're good enough, you'll go out and beat them. So you don't think they're going to go out there and just run a ton of play action and motion and do stuff they weren't doing at all last year. Kenny Pickett's <laughs> not going to run to the sidelines at all. <laughs> well, but then, I don't know but then about next that. week, but then next week they're going to go back to doing all the stuff they did last year. Just to <laughs> no, put out the, no. to swerve they, Tennessee. Well, uh, maybe they could, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say play actions that exotic, but maybe for, for, for them, maybe for a Mark Whipple offense, maybe it is for them. It is what, what's the over under on Kenny Pickett running to the sidelines to ask Mark Whipple for the play call. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's times? a lot of factors there. You know, how many plays are they going to run? How many plays is he actually going to be in? How loud um, it gets at Heinz field. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. I don't know. Five. Maybe I'll go. I'll go with the under. I, I'm I'm expecting new things from Kenny Pickett in the office in terms of how they look and and move along. Plus, Kenny can't be leaving. He doesn't have Jimmy Morrissey just to hold court while he's running the sideline anymore. He's got to yeah, be out there with the with the boys. Can't be who leaving. Would, who would be got to wrangle court. it? Who the, would be holding court if he's on the sideline? I don't know who's gonna, who's it going to be. It, who's going to do I, it? I think it's got to be Lucas Kroll. This you guy just—he just has the look of a superstar. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Uh, Do you this, think he's gonna have a breakout and say I should have been starting over Kyle Pitts at UF <laughs> the whole time? He might. He might. You know, we we didn't really talk about if him. That whole happens. Lot. <laughs> if that happens, I'm. If Lucas Kroll goes out there and be- gets drafted higher than uh, Kyle Pitts <laughs> next year, I've got uh, 
I'm going to buy season tickets for six lucky listeners to the next <laughs> to pit next season. Yeah, we didn't really talk about him a whole lot last week, but uh, Lucas Kroll is a guy that it seems everybody is extremely everybody around the program. It seems extremely excited. I'll tell you, get out for me in this game offensively, if it was me uh, mapping out all the plays and, and, and putting all that out there. And if I'm Kenny Pickett too, I would just be forcing it to crawl the whole game. (laughs) Prove to me that you could catch the ball. Proving he could catch the ball, but also a lot of makeup for the missed season last year. They, They said they had a lot of high hopes and they like each other a whole lot and not yada, yada, yada. Go out there and, Put some highlights out there for everybody. Get Pitt fans excited to see some tight end play from a Pitt Panther once and for for once. Yeah, I I, I just I, I really want to see him. I would love to see a lot of plays called for the tight end. You know, plays down the field, down the middle of the field. Uh, more importantly, I just want to see the ball caught and not hitting the ground. Uh, you know, regardless of who it's thrown to, I think that's going to be extremely key. But, you know, a Mark Whipple offense using a tight end, uh, th- this could be brand new. Or maybe maybe that's what they're going to save until next week. I, I don't know. I, I'm hope, I hope they throw to him this week. Though. Don't save it. Work on it. That's my advice for this week to the coaching yep. staff. But whatever. Yep. They know better than I do, I guess. Uh, but I just know their tight ends never catch the damn ball. And all Pitt fans know that. Let's hope for a different kind of year offensively um all right anything else for this umass game you got an you got the 38 points being covered uh i think we'll talk about that at the end of the show oh you want to save it okay let's move on what what about we go to the you want to go online here then you want to you want to plug in yeah let's plug in then and see what they're saying on the pitternet can you explain what internet is i hear there's rumors on the uh internets and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on twitter we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. First up, we got a prediction from BMZ32 on Panther Lair, hanging out in one of the most prestigious forums in all of the Pitternet, Panther Lair. BMZ32, Vince said, prediction, Pit 20 million, UMass 13. That's a cover, but I'm going to say I'll be really mad if UMass scores 13 points. Yeah, yeah. Or 20 million. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, And I got got enough confidence in the defense that they're not going to be scoring that that much. I I really am. And and this team seems deep enough. uh, I don't, don't, like you said, you know, you got a, you know, a transfer quarterback, you know, a tall wide receiver, you know, that that, that's not going to be enough uh, against this defense. Um, Can Pitt? Can Pitt get ESPN and the broadcasters to, whenever they show Pat Narduzzi on the sideline and they put a graphic by his name for it to say, Chris Bickle, 97, head coach, Pitt Panthers, Pat Narduzzi? If if the, uh, you know, the, the animators and audio and visual people at ESPN are, are worth anything, they'll have that. I wonder if they're up. contractually obligated to have that put on, by his name whenever he's referred to on television. Uh, we we don't know. I'm hoping it's shown on like a, a big placard at the uh, press conference. You know, I, I'd like to see that. I would love to see uh, Pat Narduzzi wearing a big jacket, like a, a NASCAR <laughs> jacket that just has Chris Bickle's face on it. 
with a big 97 on the ch- on the chest. Do you think that there'll be a, a number 97 car entered into uh, the circuit <laughs> next yeah. year? Hopefully. Oh, man. All right. Well, what about this next piece from the internet? This is really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, at Kale underscore Burger tweeted out that pit long snapper Cal Adamitis says he was approached by the WWE earlier this summer about a tryout, but Cal Adamitis said, he said, I'm a pit man, but did not rule out the idea of trying after the season. Yeah, well, I guess we should we should note, you know, a little background on this story is that, is that uh, Cal Adamitis is, uh, you know, he's a super senior here. You know, he's taking advantage of that extra extra year of eligibility. Uh, you know, because he started, he started four straight seasons at Long Snapper, out of coming out of Central Catholic. Uh, so you know, he's got a long historic Bonafide career. Bonafide pit man. Yeah, he and he Put is in the time. yeah through and through. I would say, and this is from a pretty good source. Uh, this Kale Berger. I mean, this guy uh, from from what I can see here, you know, he's been uh, he's involved with, with you know ninety three seven and the fan and from that. Before that, WPTS Sports Allen. Oh, uh, that doesn't and, get well, that and, is and the, as and the prestigious news. as you can get. That, that's the the best kind of resume you could get. I wouldn't mind trying a Kale Burger either. Um, I'm a pit man, and if Cal Adamitis says he's a pit man, I, I would put him in our category here, Vince. Uh, this guy's put in the time. But what about being a WWE superstar? You think he has those chops? Uh, he, he would have passed the tryout. He, he he's six two two fifty. I I had to look this up. You know he he. So looks he'd like be a cruiserweight in the WWE. Uh no, I would two fifty. I wouldn't say is a cruiserweight, but he's you know he, I think he could, uh you know I think he could definitely blossom into a nice. He's still young. He's still growing. Um, maybe like a an open weight wrestler. Oh, no, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see it. I just I lo- and that's the WWE's new approach, right? They're not uh, recruiting actual current like guys wrestling on the circuit anymore. They're recruiting college football players exclusively. Yeah, They're going to try to raid more pit players, probably. They they are they are, and uh, you know so he you know it appears he's got the look. Uh, he's got a good amount of athletic ability. Um, no. I, I'm I'm sure it was difficult to to turn down that, but you know never say never. Well, uh, now we so, don't have to worry about tr- the tr- new transfer rules now and, and recruiting against all the other schools. Now Pitt, now or WWE is going to come in to, and steal all the Whitfield players. Pitt can't get any Whitfield players. Now they got another competitor in the region. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a global thing at, at the moment. Now, what if what if Rico Dash is looking for a tag team partner? Do you think that that'll be a, a good landing spot for Adamitis? Re- yeah, Rico Dash and, and Pitman ver- <laughs> versus Pretty Deadly. I would be there. WrestleMania, book it. I would be all about it. Um, side note, uh, Cal Adaminus is a Pitman, but Kenny Pickett is apparently known as Kenny Pitman to the UMass fans that are going into this game. Their podcast ref- repeatedly referred to Kenny Pickett as Kenny Pitman. I don't know if it was ironic or not, but moving forward, I'm only calling Kenny Pickett Kenny Pitman. That's how that may be how he's remembered by the end of the season. He's an absolute grade A Pittman, big man on campus, Kenny Pittman. Now let's go back to the real world, Vince. Before we start picking college football games, 
Oh, man, it's so, it feels so good to say that. What do you say we go around town and see what they're talking about in Pittsburgh about the upcoming college football yep. season? It's Labor Day weekend. This is, this is a huge weekend in town. Uh, a lot of things happen. A lot of people excited. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. I'm excited for the pick game and all, but I can't wait to get to that rib fest. Uh, you don't want to go to that rib fest. You know, they, they say they had good barbecue. You know, I went there one time. I didn't see any. You know, good barbecue is whenever you cook down some some chipped ham for about five hours. You know, with lots of ketchup and relish and that. You jag off that's ham barbecue. That's why I said good barbecue. Hell to pit. But the answers are saying. So that's what the Inzers are saying. College Hail football. to Isleys. That's what I say. <laughs> College football, barbecue, Labor Day weekend. That's what it's all about right now. Uh, could not be more pumped uh, for this weekend, this big UMass game, Alan. But we have a lot of big games opening weekend around the country, particularly one that in the circles we walk in may be the game of the year. Oh, college football. We have acc showdowns we've got big 10 showdowns if you're into that sort of thing we've got acc versus sec showdowns and what you know i am just really hype for pac-12 sec big lineup to get into let's start with unc virginia tech tar heels at minus five and a half vince what do you say yeah this is a a weird one uh (laughs) You know, North Carolina, a top 10 team, you know, Heisman quarterback coming back uh, against a Virginia Tech team that was not very good last year, but only a five and a half point favor. I don't know if that has something to do with, you know, you know, uh, being on the road or something to do with, you know, on the road. And and it's a Friday night, Friday (laughs) night, Friday, Friday, Friday night. That's why. And Virginia Tech special teams, as we as we yeah, discussed last week, are still uh, playing a big thing here. I I I don't see how. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, the one one of the games North Carolina lost last year against Florida State was lost on special teams. So maybe that's a clue as to what's going to happen. Um, I you got to think North Carolina is winning this game, but I would I would pick Virginia Tech plus the points. It seems like the, those people out in the desert know something that we do not. Yeah, I like Virginia Tech to definitely beat that spread for sure. And, I mean, this what would this do to the ACC moving forward if it was a big Virginia Tech win in week <laughs> one? <laughs> that would be complete disaster, which uh, you, you would have to think, you know, certain referees involved would not allow happen. But who knows? <laughs> I, I I mean, this is a this is of course big game for Sam Howe, who's yeah. trying to be that QB one drafted. Um, and I mean, yep. you go out there and you you go to uh, Blacksburg and you win yep. in in the first game of the season on a big stage like this. It's the only game Friday night, right? Well, no, it's not the only game. It's not the only game of this of, of this, this magnitude. magnitude. Yeah, and it's starting at six thirty or six p.m. Uh, so. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of people watching uh, all over the country for sure. So you know, this is this is the time to you know get that train rolling, that Heisman train going uh, by putting up a whole lot of points. 
Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely going with Virginia Tech on the uh, on the spread. Uh, tough to bet against UNC though, uh, with the offensive firepower they're bringing in uh, on the road at a tough pit place to play. Oh man, in like a traditional normal college football. I, I don't know though. Uh, this is the first time they're gonna have fans back there, right? Yeah, yeah, full fledged. So. Yeah, like that's gonna be t- that's not gonna be easy for UNC to walk out of there. With no, the no, it's though. not. I not it, it's not. And you know, if if you believe that the crowd and all that stuff is gonna be a factor, then I think you go take another look at this game. I think if see the ups, it would be an upset, but not a big enough upset for people to say the magic of college football fans is back. This is what <laughs> we've been missing. I don't think that that would do it, but I definitely could see Virginia Tech win, and it wouldn't be that unfathomable but i'm still going north carolina to, to win okay game number two penn state at wisconsin vince you got it here as a five and a half point spread you got the number 19 team in the country against the number 12 team in the country let's match them up let's talk about wisconsin and this team that's ducking us yeah, yeah, this is this is a big noon kickoff, Alan. Um and they're getting Bob Stoops at this game. <laughs> uh I I guess. Are they gonna be on location? They they're supposed to be all season uh, long. I don't know where they are this this week for the Fox well, version. Well this of the game yeah, there. this yeah, this is the boot noon kickoff on Fox on on Saturday. Um you know, Penn State here, uh you know, a team that, you know, you know, they lost to some players from last year. Uh, you know, even though they've recruited well, to me, it's like they still have this Clifford at quarterback who, who to me is just not that good. And, you know, are they going to be able to replace guys in their front seven that they lost? You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, this Wisconsin team, you know, with, with Mertz at quarterback, you know, uh, they're going to be able to open it up a little bit more. Um, I, I'm, I'm going with the Badgers and I think they're going to cover this number. Really? Yeah. This is, I, I mean, I would love to see it. Um, this is exciting that they're going to put the big tens, putting a game like this out there for uh, week one. Yeah. So I will say, I appreciate that as much as I'll be rooting, uh, against Penn state in this game though. Um, I feel like it's closer definitely to, to, the five points seems like a lot. I feel like Cl- uh, Clifford has the ability to go into a place like Wisconsin and win as much as I hate to say it, Vince. But, I mean, what what, are the, what do we know about Penn State's defensive line going up against a Badger offensive line that's, you know, perennially, perennially pretty damn good? It, well, it, you know, it's interesting. You know, Penn State lost a lot of their, you know, their edge rushers. Uh, you know, they, they lost, you know, two guys to the draft. Um, you know, one of their guys got, got, uh, that was supposed to replace them, got a, got a season ending injury in the, in the, in training camp. So, you know, that, that does think that, you know, maybe if they do force, you know, a third and long, they may not be that effective getting after the quarterback. And they're going to need, I think like Wisconsin's offense is coming in here, uh, pretty good compared to other big 10 teams. Right. So I feel like this is going to be Penn state trying to play catch up, but this could be a defensive struggle. Um, if any, if, if they're in it, it's going to be low scoring. If Penn State's yeah, in this I, game. I would think so. Especially, you know, you know, as much as, 
you know, we want to get on Paul Christ. He, you know, he is a very good offensive mind and, you know, he's very good at, you know, managing, you know, a game with the lead. So, uh, you know, if they do get out in front, that, that could be all she wrote. There you go. So we both got Wisconsin winning. I feel like it will be close. Um, but on Wisconsin, third game we're talking about Indiana in the conversation in the Big Ten now as just a you know a tough team to play. It's like yeah. Antoine Randall's back there. Three and a half point dog at Iowa, the 17 team versus the 18 team. Is this the AP poll you're giving me here? Yeah, yeah, this is the Associated Press. Let's talk it. Who, what are you thinking here, yeah, Iowa and Indiana? You know, Iowa, you know, an interesting team, you know, supposedly a, a, a quarterback that's, you know, projected to be pretty good. I'm excited to see him play uh, first-year starter there, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that, but uh, but but a, a relatively young, young man uh, playing playing quarterback that's supposed to be pretty decent. But Indiana, just wild, wild coaching, uh, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to win. And Iowa is still a team that punts in plus territory. So I'm going to go with, with the aggressive. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the aggressive team to, to win this ball game. I'm going to go with Indiana, and I, I think they could win this game outright. I mean, this is uh, the trend, right? Indiana's like the new hot uh Bad yeah, boy that, team that of does the Big have Ten me, to pick. Yeah, that does have me a little nervous. Maybe a and little that, too much hype on him. That usually gets shot down uh, real quick. Um, they lost. They lost one of my favorite names from last year in college football. Whop Filor. <laughs> oh my! Uh, but they have like a legit just slinger. You know that Michael Penix. Yeah. Um, is fun to watch. So, and then uh, the other t- the other receiver, Fry Fry Fo- Fry Fogel. How do you say his name? Fry Fogel. Yeah, Not Jared like, yeah, Fogel. I think that's right. Fry Fogel's highly regarded receiver on this team. Uh, I'll go. I'll ride with Indiana with you. I'll ride the hype train. Uh, as much as Iowa is like prone to just shut teams like this down and bring them back to reality and say, nope, nope. Remember, this is the Big Ten. It's boring. And we're going to punt in plus territory. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to have big, big, smelly offensive linemen doing really well all over the place. Um, Indiana, though, let's go with it, Vince. I could see it happening. I mean, what's the spread on this? Three and a half? Mm, if Iowa wins, they're definitely covering. I see that turnover city maybe on the road again another it's the the tough thing i feel bad for the road teams this week yeah yeah that's a good point okay next up we got mercedes benz stadium that's the atlanta one right yeah well actually i i saw that the uh superdome is no, is now the caesar superdome did you see it that? is how cool is yeah. that you think they're gonna like make it all roman like uh <laughs> themed <laughs> <laughs> the uh, coaches riding on chariots or ostriches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To- <laughs> toga, yeah. Sean Payton's coaching at a toga this year. Alabama, <laughs> Miami, neutral site. Twenty. What Alabama's a twenty-point favorite, nineteen and a half-point favorite against the number fourteen team, Miami. Also, the predicted number two or three in the ACC. That's, that tells you how much. People think of the ACC, I would say. Um, man, 
spread wise, hard to bet against Alabama on a neutral site like that against a team like my. I feel like we're going to get. Remember, I don't know how handful of years ago it was similar. It, it, now it's Miami's back, and before it was USC's back, and they were on a neutral site against Alabama, and they just shellacked them, and then Snoop Dogg went on the internet and said, <laughs> man, we're not ready. We're just not ready for Alabama. Yeah, I feel what, like Uncle Luke's going to do the same after this game. <laughs> That's what this does seem like. Uh, you know, Alabama obviously replacing a lot on, on offense. You know, Interesting to see how, how uh, if they're going full gear to start uh, start out the game. But you know, if that defense is as loaded as what uh, people are saying, you know, I, I could see Miami not even scoring a point in this game. Not one point. <laughs> I, I don't know what their team total is, but I, I Miami team total under might be a, a play that I do. Um, you know, it seems like it, Miami is going to have to get like some tremendous special teams or defensive touchdowns uh, to have a have a chance of covering this game. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they have enough. I I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, Alan, you're da- you're down there now. What are they saying? I'm in Miami as we speak. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm looking at their. I'm looking at returning uh, starters on on Miami Hurricanes and matching them up to. Ton- I mean Alabama not only returning to play to new faces that are obviously would be instant starters at most schools. It's tough. It's tough to see Alabama even covering this. Derek King also coming off injury, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An injury that takes two years to recover from, as far Normally. as I'm concerned. Yeah. When you have a receiver named Rambo, I mean that that's 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 and yeah, he's coming but, from Oklahoma. Yeah, but right? what's that say that he couldn't he couldn't cut it there and now he's going to Miami? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it just. I'm sure it, Miami has has tons of talent, and they're, you know, I think they have a lot of big guy talent. Yeah, which Miami. is great, but you know, Alabama's got big guys too. Yeah, uh, so and they also have super skilled players too. So it's crazy to think like Miami in the skill department. You have a guy from OU who literally couldn't hack it with arguably the best quarterback going into this season in the country throwing to him last year. He couldn't get he couldn't get along with Rattler. He couldn't make a season out of it with Rattler, and now he's trying to make it with with Derek King. Uh yeah, like the skill isn't there for Miami. Their only hope is like lots of turnovers and a big ugly mess. But that's not happening with this Alabama team. No way. They have a million dollar they're, quarterback. They're they're too disciplined. They're they're just too focused. They're not gonna they're not gonna get beat that way. Not happening. And a cover. Okay. Moving along real quick, UL, Raging Cajuns, eight-point dogs at Texas. Best. This is the best group of five team, a lot of people are saying, going into the newest SEC team. Not yet, but soon to be. Yeah, Alan, I mean, you, you follow UL closer than anybody I know. Uh, I mean, th- <laughs> this, this, seems, this seems to be like a square dog situation. Uh, I've heard a lot of people on, on Louisiana in this game. Uh, but I'm going to leave this one up to the experts. You tell me what they're saying uh, down in Lafayette. I mean, in Levi Lewis, they trust. You know, he's not a million-dollar quarterback, but he has his NIL endorsements too. With he, uh, what, Freddie's frozen custard and steak? Something like that, or sl- slinging some boudin uh, spots in local restaurants. At the horse farm. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that, so you got, and you got. I just, I, I think America collectively is rooting against Texas in this. Oh, game. they How are. Great would they be? are. <laughs> and then the SEC rescinds their their offer <laughs> to Texas for losing this game. No way I could pick against them though at home again. Tough for any road team, especially a group of five going into a den uh, like the one in Austin. I got Texas and a cover with the eight points. As much as I love and hold dear, the Raging Cajuns in a special place in my heart, Vince. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it they they did it last year against Iowa State. Uh, you know, they're not sneaking up on anybody this year. Um, but I really don't think Texas is that great. But it, it just seems like there's too much hype around this UL team uh, for, for this spot. So I, I am going to go with the Longhorns, but I, I don't feel great about it. Uh, speaking of Texas, we did get a question for this week's show from that beef guy, Vince. Sending it in. Of course, you could send your questions in at H2P show on Twitter. And that beef guy, Vince, said, how bad is ESPN for college football? And how much of a shill is Paul Feinbaum saying the alliance is embarrassing? Well, ESPN helped pluck OU and UT from the Big 12. Did he mention that? Huh? Huh? Well, you know, ESPN built college football. Uh, you know, they, you know, they're at the, at the time, you know, there was only, you know, a couple games on TV every week. You know, teams could only be on television a couple times a year. And now, you know, thanks to ESPN, you could see whatever game you want. They're they're all on there. So it's uh, even UMass and Pitt. Yeah, you could watch nationally televised on an ACC network that that's owned by ESPN. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they've done they've more done more good than bad. Um, and you know, Mr. Feinbaum, I mean, he he's just sticking up for his conference. You know that that's whether you agree with him or disagree with him. He's he's just going to stick up for his conference and his employer. I'd, I'd do this. I'd do the same. Yeah, and his employer. You know that's makes sense to me. What why uh, ESPN would want that now? It, is it a bad thing? Uh, probably for your school if they're smaller, <laughs> but not for <laughs> Texas. <laughs> so that's just the way the world works. Yeah, some people just get mad because. Because their conference is better than your conference. You know, beat them continuously if you want to change things. And by that, I mean get $20 million donations to your school. Maybe you'll have a shot. That's a good way to start. Georgia and Clemson, Vince. Yeah, uh, this is, this is uh, you, know, maybe the, you know, maybe the regular season game of the year. I don't know. Uh, certain the non-conference game of the year, I would say. Um, yeah, Georgia getting getting three points. At, Besides at neut- Pitt, Tennessee, obviously. Oh yeah, at a at a neutral site, Georgia getting three points here. Um, not necessarily. I don't think it's a hundred percent an eliminator game, but you know the the winner is certainly going to be in the driver's seat the rest of the way. Hardly an eliminator game. That's why I don't feel like the, there's the urgency here. Clemson could totally lose this game and well, easily get into the playoff. They could, but you know, even at one loss, you are not guaranteed to get in. Uh, I think we would all agree with that. You're, you're not guaranteed, but, uh, but you are going to be sweating it out a little bit. I think um, I, I'm not quite sure what, what to make of this game. I, I'm, I'd lean with Georgia. Um, you know, I, I am. Uh, I, I'm I'm leaning with Georgia, um, but Clemson is very good. 
There's no doubt about that. They 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 still have a, a ton of talent there. Um, I I, ju- I just give a little bit of an edge to the uh, to the quarterback situation. Maybe at Georgia, J- JT Daniels going to Georgia is a- as is going to be as effective and as big for Georgia as Brady going to the Bucks was. It's going to be a great year for him. They I that is one of the biggest transfers to me that uh, has happened since this whole paradigm shift and we're going to see it week one uh, when they beat Clemson um, but I still think Clemson's totally in the driver's seat at, to get in with one loss even if there's an undefeated Pac-12 team oh I don't know about that I don't know about that especially if they don't get destroyed in this game too I'll say that I'll put that cover yeah yeah there. that'll that'll you know the score will definitely matter that's for sure for sure and do you think DJ you were a guy Lele? Is going to have a, you know, an opportunity to actually throw the ball downfield, or will Dabo have him uh, shackled week one? I think he played enough last year that they will uh, they'll let him loose, and I think they're going to have to let him loose uh, in order to have a chance in this game. From what I've understand, uh, Clemson is extremely thin at quarterback. Like they they do not have like hardly anything uh, behind him. Uh, one of their freshmen that they were going to be counting on got drafted by the Pirates of all teams so uh, to play baseball. So maybe, they, you know, maybe they're not going to design run him uh, nearly as much. They're going to try to protect him as best they can. But I think they are going to have to let him loose, you know, let that arm fly. I'm predicting they're going to overdo it with the screen passes. Georgia's going to take one to the house on a short throw. They're going to be too conservative. Georgia wins. LSU-UCLA. We saw UCLA play already, Vince. I think Chip Kelly's got a chance against Coach O playing a bunch of youngsters. I I think he does. And and this is a game that, you know, we we got friends on both sides of this game, Alan. Uh, So I I can't wait to hear uh, what all the, you know, the – the the chatter is on this one and you get some expert opinions before the game. Um, uh, uh, LSU to me, it just is, I just, I, it seems like, you know, that year, that magical year, you know, with Joe Brady and, and Joe Burrow, you know, where they were, you know, maybe the best team of all time. Yeah. You know, it just seems like a mirage right now. Uh, they're, they just, I just don't see it in this team. You know, they, I just don't think they have, it happens in sports. Yeah. Every now and then some random team has that one magical year. And then you never hear from them again on that sort of stage. And 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 that's fine. It's not that LSU doesn't have a tremendous amount of talent. You know, they're, they're always going to recruit, you know, at a top 10 level. Uh, and, And as we know, you know, you know, once every so many years, the state of Louisiana has, you know, some of the best kids in the entire country uh, that, that are going to go to LSU. But, you know, the, that that mindset and those assassins that they had on offense and, and Joe Brady, you know, call, pulling the strings, you know, that's not there right now. Uh, and, and I got to see it to believe it, to see that they're that they're back. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm going to go with the Bruins. In this game, oh. I'm I'm not necessarily saying you know, UCLA is this uh, tremendous team. It for for me at least right now, 
Uh, it's more of a play against LSU. Maybe UCLA is going to pr- uh, turn out to be pretty good. I think that Pac-12 South is a, a very competitive division, but uh, I just don't see it in LSU at the moment. Well, I mean, I understand why you would say that. So after watching Dorian Thompson Robinson last week and watching him all last year, he's really an exciting player. I'll say that. I love watching the guy play football. But there's no way uh, he's going to go out there and be able to pick apart LSU's defense or make any splash plays against this. Their corners are ridiculous. Derek Stingley Jr., ridiculous. Eli Rick's about to step up onto that stage too and can carry the torch of DBU. Uh, DTR is not facing anything like he's facing – all season long against LSU. And then in terms of LS, LSU's offense, sure, it's it could be it's got you know young quarterbacks, whoever the hell they put out there, uh, Max Johnson, Max Brown, uh, whoever, T-Boy. Uh, it's not going to matter because they're – they're not going to be able to score that many points, and uh, or, L- or UCLA is not going to be able to score that many points, and LSU is going to be able to score just enough. Maybe even on defense or special teams, I just don't see it happening. It's going to be a true example of the superiority of the SEC when LSU goes oh, to the Rose Bowl. Oh. <laughs> okay, we agreed on all these games up until this last one. I'm not quite sure what that says. Uh, but it, it just seems like Chip Kelly would be able to design to get guys out in space. You know, they got. They, I know you're you're worried about DTR throwing, but if they if him and those uh, those other running backs they have are, are you know running wild, they may not need to throw at Stingley at all. I, they're not going to. That's for sure. <laughs> and then they're going to have to throw at Ricks, and that's still not going to work for for them. I just don't see how it's possible for UCLA to put up. Any points they got tight end play though that <laughs> might be helped. Zero I, I, points scored. Maybe I could see a shutout here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go LSU win seventeen three. That's my prediction. Oh my goodness! It's gonna take tight special tight end play from that Dulcich uh, for for uh, UCLA that was looking pretty good last week. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty seven twenty UCLA. Wow, you're really riding. You're 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 it's you're you're really going hard with the alliance. I think that's alliance bias right there. <laughs> that's what we're finding out. That's alliance bias. You don't. I mean, I, 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 this is LSU we're talking about. Come on. I I like them both. I got I got friends on both sides. I I don't I, I don't want either team to lose. I just hope nobody gets hurt. Same here. I do hope that. Okay. Now the main event of the weekend, UMass at Pitt, 38-point spread. I for, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the over-under was that I bet on. I, I, did, I did go to my, my local app on my phone and put some down on this over-under on the over-events. But um, we talked a lot about this game. Now what are you picking? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Pitt to, to win and cover this spread. Um, I, I think they can do it. Um, I'm, I'm liking what this team has. Uh, it's see, I think it's going to all come together. I think they're going to look pretty good. Uh, you know, if they do go out there and try to try to really put it to them, they, they're definitely capable of that. I, I'm going to say Pitt's going to win this game. Um, I'm going to say, say, uh, 52 to 6. 
And that would be a cover and the over. And uh, that's what some, something similar I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with 56 to 3. And okay. the over under I bet on at least was at 56 or 55 and a half. I think I got it at. So there you go. A cover and the over. Although I think a lot of the experts would say, wow, really, the, the pit offense, Mark Whipple, I don't even, they, would he do that to his former team? Yeah, yeah, well, there, well, yeah, there's probably a lot of people saying there are people saying that you know it, this, you know, that's very that's this is very unpit like to say this uh, because in these games they've they've played them in a way where they just substituted so many people and it just didn't you know it no, things just didn't click as normal and they held a lot back but you know it seems like maybe the depth on this team is finally there. And all that substituting, you know, is actually part of, of, of a real game plan. It isn't going to matter. And, you know, if the offensive line holds up the way they think they, we can, they can, and if they run the ball effectively and, and these receivers and tight ends catch the ball, this offense is capable of putting up some big points. And I think we're going to see it this weekend. Big time. Carry it over from last year's uh, debut against the governors of Austin with Austin P. <laughs> this- oh, my. What a game. They did it to them. Why not do it to UMass? It feels like the same thing to me. And now this year, there's actually fans who had the Rib Festival. Like, this is all coming together for an over and a cover. Come on. Here we go. Let's go, baby. All the way to the bank with that pick. I love it. I'm actually going to go put more. I'm going to double down on them, put more money on that. It's, UMass is not good. Let's, let's, they are not, but this, this isn't like a Bishop Sycamore situation, Alan. Is, really, is UMass really a school? Don't lead people to believe that. Does UMass actually exist? Do you know anyone who ever went to UMass? Marcus Camby's the oh, only one I know. Marcus uh, he's the only one I could tell you. <laughs> and Cal, Coach Cal coach there. But yeah. yeah. If, you know. Oh, now you got me scared. Now I remember Coach Cal coach there. It is or this isn't Bishop Sycamore. I was watching highlights that that team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the announcers were like, "We're not quite sure what this team is." Like right from the beginning, no, and then they're like, like, they try to like, "Oh, they're really trying to give guys a second chance." Yeah, what, what was that? Then, well, they had to say something, I guess. And then they're like, "It's very obvious they don't quite have the talent that that, that they claim to have." <laughs> Meanwhile, IMG is just like just, just <laughs> I can end one game. Oh my god! Did you on that first drive? Did you see that catch? Yes, from that the- that junior receiver. That kid <laughs> is going to be good. I think Tate was his last name. Good God Almighty! Yeah, he he may end up being the greatest of all time. For whenever whenever it's all said and done, he best ever. Whoop on you! Everybody who <laughs> plays Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy ass story all right umass is no bishop sycamore i guess we should take him a little more seriously than that anything left vince as we wind down here? oh man just uh i uh, hope everybody has a, a a fun and safe holiday weekend and we'll see you at four o'clock at heinz field and on the acc network and hail to pit yeah buddy yes everybody stay safe if you're in oakland partying it up uh you know drink water you know every in between 
your alcoholic beverages. I know you're excited. A lot of you are on campus for the first time, and you're getting all hyped up. Pitt's going to go smash on this this Bishop Sycamore College, <laughs> and you're going to have a great life as a college student. Pace yourself. Take it from the experts. We're Pitt men. Cal Adamitis, Kenny Pickett, they'll tell you. Just ease into it because next week we got a big one and we're going to be here for it, baby. Thanks to everybody for following at H2P Show on social media and, of course, subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to tell your pit friends where to find a weekly show to help them get through the season because right now it's the best, but I have a feeling in a few weeks it might not be like this. So enjoy it while it lasts. Don't we know it? We'll be back next week to talk pit. Tennessee. Hail to Pitt, everybody. <laughs>